Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted to say I'm joined all the way from Nashville by Lauren Anderson. Lauren, are you well? I am great. How are you? Great. You are that good. <laughs> Most people say, oh, I'm fine. You're great. That's brilliant. Um, I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. Now, we're going to go sort of chronologically through your life. Uh, not every detail, of course, but you were born in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, I was born right outside of Chicago and grew up there. Still have family there, too. So that's uh, that's still home, yeah. In the notes that I've got, it says that you were raised in a family where it was uh, music was enjoyed and embraced. What kind, yeah. what kind of music were you listening to? Oh, you know, we were listening to everything. And, you know, they my parents did a great job, too, of, like, letting me kind of explore what I liked, too. You know, I, you know they got me my own CDs and CD player because, you know, that was the time <laughs> back then. And uh, But, you know, I mean, my dad, I think, listened to a lot of classic rock. Um, but then, you know, like, we listened to, you know, a lot of blues and jazz and classical. You know, it was kind of just all over the place, so... I kind of dipped my toe in a lot of different genres, which was cool. So did you actually go to see any of the, the big names performing in when you were still there? Yeah, you know, I don't know that we went to a lot of concerts. Um, I think that I didn't really go to a lot of live shows until I was older. Although I was in, so I was in a choir starting when I was eight. And so, like, you know, the, the live shows that I experienced were, like, going to see other choirs, you know, when we were performing or like I played piano and so like recitals like that, but never any uh, big shows, unfortunately, but you know, I've plenty caught up since then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say you actually started out taking classical piano lessons, didn't you? I did. Yeah. You know, and I'm terrible at it too, is the thing. <laughs> but I, I took, <laughs> took classical piano lessons for, uh, I mean, I started when I was eight, and I played through college, um, so for quite a while. Uh, and then in grad school, a friend of mine showed me how to just pick up songs based on lead sheets, and that just kind of all of a sudden I felt like I was decent at the piano when I when I didn't have to play like specific notes, and I could kind of like play around and make the song sound however I wanted it to. So this was when you'd moved to Kansas, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I moved to Kansas for grad school and uh, and then lived in Kansas, that area, for about a decade um, after after grad school. So was that the time you started to develop your own interests in music? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I had always known that I, I wanted to, you know, sing and songwrite and perform, but I just, you know, I, I didn't have the confidence, to be honest, and you know, and everybody, right? You know, told me it was a hard career, and said get a backup job. <laughs> and, you know, and they weren't wrong, but you know, I do kind of wish I'd started it a little early. But so finally, when I finished grad school, I started just looking around and getting any like acoustic gigs I could find. You know, and and just kind of built it from there. I kind of I didn't know anybody in in music, and so I kind of just figured it out from square one and then um, eventually started going to blues jams. You know, I was in a couple cover bands in Kansas City, you know, so that kind of helped 
get my chops up. And then, um, yeah, and then, you know, I put out my first album in Kansas City. Um, and then shortly after that, decided to see what was going on in Nashville. So this was obviously after you'd considered being an opera singer. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it was, yeah, so I, like, I wasn't allowed, I remember it feeling like it was so long, but I, I wasn't allowed to take private lessons until high school, which, of course, now, like, you know, you're so young. <laughs> but yeah. I remember finally getting to high school and taking private lessons, and it was classical lessons, and I loved that, and I, I still do. So when I went to college, yeah, I went, and my undergrad is in opera, and I remember having this moment in freshman year where I was hanging out with a bunch of other opera majors, and we were, like, in the library or something, and they were all, like, talking about their favorite operas and why and their favorite arias, and I just remember having this moment being like, I don't have an answer to that. Like, <laughs> if I'm an opera major, shouldn't I have more, you know what I mean? Shouldn't I have a favorite opera? Mm. And I, I, as much as I loved to sing opera, I just, I, I remember having this panic moment because I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be an opera singer. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I do now? You know, and I, I knew I did also love, you know, like rock and blues and stuff at that point, but I just didn't, I just didn't know what to do. You know, I was 18 and so stubbornly I finished my degree and, you know, and then went on, got a master's and, you know, it just took me a second to kind of get around to it. But yeah, I think I realized I didn't want to do opera professionally, you know, early college, but then just without, I didn't know what else to do. So I went and finished the degree anyway. <laughs> well, then you went into music therapy. I did, yeah, yeah. I, I saw my senior year, I saw these two music therapists came into college, and I just thought it was so cool. I, I was really interested in psychology as well. And I mean, I was just like, this is perfect. It's like a combination of my two passions. Um, yeah, so that's what led me to music therapy then in Kansas, in Kansas. Well, I know a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years. They do um, blues in schools and uh, tutorials yeah. and stuff like that, and they find that that's a way of giving back type of thing. Is that how you felt? Uh, yeah, I I do. Yeah, I think that um, I definitely felt like I was helping the community. You know, and um, you know, I think no matter what you what you do, you're you're you know you're adding to the community in one way or another. Um, you know, and I actually worked with a little bit of blues in the schools at one point when I was a therapist by coordinating, ironically, I was coordinating and setting up other blues musicians to come in and, uh, and, you know, do that program. But, you know, I think that like, even being a performer, I think that you're giving back to the community in a way by advocating for, you know, different things that, you know, you're passionate about. I think that, yeah, I, I, I do think that both of those things are a good way to kind of give back to the community. So seeing some of these performers come along for the Blues in Schools program, did that help inspire your decision to be a blues musician? Well, so, you know, I actually was already doing blues at that point. Um, the reason that I wasn't the one doing the blues in the schools there was because I was the music therapist and I didn't want to confuse you know, the yeah, two... Blur the, two the half, lines type You know of what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, but it, it was kind of nice, though. Like, it's always good to see other people and how they perform, and, you know, it was definitely... It was still educational, that's for sure. 
Well, I was looking at the list of influences that you've quoted in the past. Bonnie Raitt, Etta James, Eva Cassidy, Nina Simone, and Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce? Yeah. Is that just her performance or the way she conducts herself, or what is it about Beyonce? I, I grew up listening to the old blues music, but also the new. I mean, along with Beyonce, I also love, you know, Rihanna and... Kelly Clarkson and Christina Aguilera. Um, any female who is who is bold and is saying something and is bluesy and loud, I just have been drawn to my entire life. You know, and and Beyonce is definitely queen <laughs> up there, and she's definitely bold. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like the way she sings and the way she performs, everything. I think you know. Yeah. You can't hate it. <laughs> she's, she's great. Well, you were saying earlier that you released a couple of EPs, but then you released your first full-length debut CD in 2015, Truly Me. Yeah. Were, the songs for that, were they something you wanted to do for some time, or did you think now is the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, song, that CD had 14 songs, and they were, like, I mean, because it was my first release like some of the songs i'd written a decade before and then others i'd you know written more recently but like definitely those the songs on that album are just like all over the place in genre <laughs> and you know and I, I i kind of just released everything i had whereas these days you know i'm a little more choosy you know not every song i write needs to be released you know what i mean mm. <laughs> not all of them are good and uh, and that first album, I definitely was like, you know, I, I think that they were all good songs, but, you know, I definitely wanted to just, like, release something and get all of this music that I've been writing for over 10 years just out, you know? And you recorded at Nashville's famed Music Row. Well, so, yeah, so I, not, I didn't record the album there, but after the album, the next year, I came into Nashville, and, uh, and I hooked up with... Um, you know, he, I, I, I met him through my uncle, and his uh, name is Sean Michael Kelly. He used to be in the band Six Punts on the Richer oh, back yeah. in the 90s. And, yeah, and so he produced two singles for me, and we recorded that on Music Row at Ocean Way, which is, like, a famous, historic recording studio. Like, it was just beautiful and incredible, and we were able to get um, a music video, you know, in the studio as well. Um, and so I recorded... Two singles, Box Wine Blues and uh, What Good is a Bad Boy <laughs> at Ocean Way. Well, I've been to Nashville three times, uh, the most recent being this March. And the first two times, I spent that much time going down Broadway, up and down Broadway, around the bars and things like that. I'd never been to Music Row. And it's very strange, isn't it? Because they're just normal houses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they blend in easily. It's hard. It's easy to miss. <laughs> yeah, but virtually every other house, in inverted commas, is a, a studio where top-name people from all over the world come to record. It's just bizarre. Yeah, you know, I don't know why it ended up setting up like that, you know. And now, of course, it's it's expanded, and there's, you know, there's other areas of the city, too. Barry Hill has a ton of, like, you know, more recent studios, but also still really well-known studios. Um, but music... Music Row, I mean, I wonder if it's because all of the, the, the PRO companies there, like BMI and CSAC, and 
they all have their big buildings on that same street. Yeah. So I wonder if it just made sense then for, you know, studios to kind of move in to all of those, those houses and, you yeah, know, possibly. I, maybe that's how it worked. Yeah. But in 2017, you actually moved permanently to Nashville. I, I did. Yeah. You, you know, your stuff. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, coming from Chicago, what was it about Nashville that drew you there rather than going back to Chicago? You know, yeah, I, I kind of, it took me a second to decide, I, you know, I knew that I was kind of done with my chapter in Kansas City, although I really do still love Kansas City, um, and I think I always will. And I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, I really liked my trip to Nashville to record, and I I knew that I'd regret it if I didn't kind of see what Nashville was, you know, what was going on, and I kind of realized that, you know, I don't have to be there for forever, you know, I can move whenever I'm done with Nashville, you know, and... Uh, and so that was that kind of led me to be like, all right, well, let's move there. And if I don't like it, I'll move to Chicago or somewhere else. And if I do, I'll stay. Mm. It's a wonderful place, I must admit. And yeah. I've said before about Memphis, if you walk down Beale Street, it's got a certain feel about it. With Nashville, yeah, definitely. it's not just Broadway. It's the side streets as well. There's something about it. Yeah, there's kind of a magic because it's, you know, it's a small city. Uh, even though it's growing a lot, but it still kind of has that small, small town feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about your most recent release, which is "Burn It All Down." Okay, well, it's not actually out yet, is it? It comes out in September. Yeah, yeah, it comes out September 9th. I'm excited about this one. Was this a labor of love? Was any of it recorded during the pandemic, or was it all fairly recent? Yeah. So you know it. it Followed up pretty quickly. I, we released an album like a year ago called Love on the Rocks. And that one was my sophomore album. And, you know, it did well. It, it charted. It debuted at number 14 on the Billboard Blues chart. And, you know, I kind of just kind of watching some of the artists that are a few steps ahead of me, you know, a lot of them, you know, putting out a new release really kind of kickstarts, keeps your career going. And so I kind of wanted to just kind of experiment with putting out another album pretty quickly. So Love on the Rocks definitely was all written during the pandemic, whereas most of these songs on Burn It All Down, with the exception of a couple, um, I wrote last fall. Um, and, you know, I had probably about 30 songs to pull from, and I narrowed that down, you know, to, I can't, <laughs> I should know, 11 or 12. I can't remember what. <laughs> How many songs we ended up with, but uh, you know, yeah. So it was definitely. I mean, definitely. I think every release is a labor of love. That's for sure. And it's definitely been a lot of work to put another out al- album out so quickly as an independent artist. But we're doing it, and I'm excited to share it. And apparently, the, the title track bears special significance to you, don't it? It's a bit of a take on the Chris Stapleton song. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of got a couple different meetings almost. Yeah. But it originally, I wrote it originally because I was learning Chris Stapleton's midnight train to Memphis for a, um, a showcase. And, you know, he's talking the whole time in the song about being stuck in jail, but he never tells you why he's in jail. And, you know, so the songwriter part of my brain just really wanted to fill in the blanks. And so then all of a sudden I found myself writing the, the backstory, which was kind of fun because, it gave me an opportunity to write a song where I knew that the end 
was landing in jail. You kind of got to like get creative, you know, in this like made up world of like, why is this character going to end up in jail? And, uh, and so then all of a sudden, you know, burn it all down came out. But, you know, I think also just like the phrase burn it all down, I think means something to a lot of different people, especially right now. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of a bold statement that I think will catch people's attention, mm. you know. Well, you talk about the backstory there, and there's a quote from you that you enjoy the exuberance of making music, but you also like sharing the backstories of your songs. So yeah. when you're performing on stage, do you tell the stories to the audience? Then? Yeah, you know, I think it depends. You know, you always have to, like, read the room. But I do generally like to kind of talk to the audience. You know, I I enjoy going to shows where the the performers share stuff about themselves and their life. And, of course, you know, you never want to talk too much. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been to those shows, too, where it's like, okay, come on, let's get to the music. Uh, but, you know, I think that, like, you know, people just want to connect, really, in the end. Um, that's kind of what what is the leading factor in, in every marketing plan is connecting with people. And, um, you know, I think that it's nice to kind of share a part of my story because it might resonate with somebody else, uh, you know, and then we've made a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean because I've been to gigs before and it's been so clean and precise and there's no interaction. You may as well just right. sit at home and listen to the record. Exactly, exactly. I remember I remember actually there was one show in particular. I don't know if I should name the artist. No, don't name them. But I was really ex- I was really excited to go see this show and they literally didn't say a word. And I just remember feeling so like disconnected from them. Mm. You know, and kind of disappointed in the in the show. You know, it, it was exactly what you said. I was like I might as well just go home and listen to the the album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh so You've got this coming out in September. Well, a couple of weeks, about three weeks' time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wowza. Yeah. Exciting times. Um, do you have plans <laughs> to tour? Are you coming over to the UK? Oh, God, I would love to come to the UK. Let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I am, uh, I'm still doing all my own booking, um, although hopefully I will, you know, cla- you know, work with a booking agent soon. So yeah, I will be touring um, in support of this, and hopefully I'll get over, you know, across the sea sometime soon. I mean, you know, I haven't yet toured in the UK, and so, you know, yeah, let's manifest that. <laughs> well, are you doing a tour over there, though? Yes, yes, yeah, we're, we're, we're touring through, uh, through the US, for sure. So anybody over here in the UK that's going to America, look out, and you might see Lauren somewhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. We must do it again sometime. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for chatting. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And uh, all the best for the future. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show... There is always listen again. I'll see you next time. Take care.